0: Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a moment and relax and just anything else that's going on, let's just let it just fall by the wayside. There'll be plenty of time later for other things. Let's just make ourselves available to whatever God wants to do or say or anything he wants to change or lead us into. We just want to be available to anything he wants to do, completely spirit, soul, and body. So we've been talking about our abilities that are in our soul and how God wants us to be fully using those abilities just as he wants us to be comfortable with our bodies, you know, and and our body has senses and needs and we take care of our bodies and we, we don't feel, you know, we have certain... Um, a certain understanding about how our body functions and the purpose of our eyes and the purpose of our ears and all of our senses and even our organs. We, We have a general understanding, at least, of what our body does and how it serves us. How our body functions here on this earth. And we don't think it's Unusual. We don't think it's an a special quality to use our body to see out of our eyes, or hear, or speak, even. Uh, and yet, we have this idea or misunderstanding or misconception about the aspects of our soul that we don't under that we haven't yet experienced. And I think that's part of what God is really drawing us all into, is is embracing every aspect of our soul that he's given us. Now, your soul has strengths and weaknesses. My soul has strengths and weaknesses. But God gave it to you. God gave you the soul he wanted you to have. He gave me the soul he wanted me to have for my time here on this earth. Now, I don't know if we had a soul before, our spirit had a soul before we came here on this earth. I don't know whether it will have one afterwards. I kind of suspect it does. It it pre-exists and it will post-exist our time here on this earth. But we'll find out. Someday maybe he'll reveal it as part of, you know, a greater understanding of the way he does things. But for right now, we don't know. And so we're not going to dwell on things we don't know. There's, there's enough to, to enjoy the process of learning about things that he has set the table before us now. And those are the things about our soul that we can experience now, that we, we can look back and we can look through the scriptures and we can look through Christian history and see how, the teachings of Christ here on this earth, how they were utilized by those who came before us, both in generations and in, in individuals. And we even see before Christ in, in the writings and teachings and examples of those who sought God and experienced his presence, how it, how it reacted how their souls reacted to the presence of God. And we see there is a consistency. Our souls do react to the presence of God. And that's because our soul is meant to be connected to our spirit, which is one with the presence of God. Again, your spirit, not your soul, your spirit is one with God's spirit. That which is born of spirit is spirit. So we are part of God in our spirit. And God is in the process of rejoining our soul to our spirit. So our soul is in the process of returning to its original state. Now, when Adam... Was and Eve were in the garden communing with God all of their abilities were fully functioning all the abilities that Christ himself when he was walking around everything that he could do they could do now they didn't have any cause to do anything for instance they didn't need a word of knowledge because they could speak to God face to face They never needed wisdom. They never needed healing. They certainly didn't need to raise the dead. They didn't need miracles because they were in God's presence. But all those abilities were in their soul. It wasn't until that soul was separated from spirit and Adam and Eve were lowered from their position of priority with and oneness with God, that all of a sudden those abilities, and I don't know whether they went dormant or whether, you know, um, by, you know, what is it, by reason of use. We learn how to use the abilities, and that's in our soul and in our body. It's by reason of use, not understanding so that's one thing we want to grasp and embrace that it's not just about understanding our soul but embracing our soul and letting it have an opportunity letting your soul become what god created it to be now your your body's temporary and again i don't know whether the soul how temporary or age-lasting, whether it's going to go into the next thing or or was in the past thing, but it's not functioning the way God originally created. And there's a lot of talk about, you know, um, the restoration of the church and and redemption and, and, and all these things, but you and I as individuals need to be redeemed first. And that's when we become all in all, one in all, soul, spirit, and body becoming one, just as, as God is one, spirit, uh, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, so that we would also be one, spirit, soul, and body in Him. We've we've gone over this a few times. We we need to keep going over it and over it and over again. Until it becomes a reality that you are in your spirit, you are one with God. All the needs of your soul have already been met in your spirit, but not into your soul. God gave those needs to your soul. He made your soul to need to be connected to your spirit. So when you were brought into this earth, when you were born physically in this body, your soul, again, don't know whether it started out connected to your spirit, don't know what the process is. That will be something interesting to find out over time, whether it's in this earth age or whatever. But there was a separation that was caused by that intentional, God-planned, separation of Adam and Eve from God where they were lowered out of the presence of God and separated from him for the purpose of something, a character development or an appreciation it's not that Adam and Eve didn't love God and value him it's they had uh, they We could say they probably took him for granted. They assumed he would always meet their needs, and he would, and he does. But because they had never experienced need to begin with, they didn't have that appreciation. They didn't have the gratitude that you and I have when we experience God meeting our needs. When he makes himself known, when he heals us, when, he, when his presence is manifest in our lives, we are, we are grateful and we are, are appreciative and, and worshipful and, and thankful. And that's something Adam and Eve didn't have because they always had God. They were never without him. But you and I have been without him. And now he is in the process of restoring fully the relationship. So that we would be spirit, soul, and body. So that we, so every need you have now here on this earth could be met. And what would that look like? Well, we only have the, those small glimpses of Jesus walking around. Now he did, certainly did not have an easy life. And we won't go into all the the hardship and the rejection and the misunderstanding he went to went through as as a child, as a youth, as a young man, and finally you know being crucified and fully rejected by all those he loved and took care of. They all turned their backs on him and yet he he willingly went through that to to be and to do what his father And he had decided this is what was necessary to do. To show, again, he's the way, the truth, and the life. To show the way, to show the truth, to show the life. His example was that the example is to be one with the Father. To know God, to know his Father, just as he did. That was where he put his emphasis was to spend time with his father, to know his father, his, to depend on his father. And we follow that same example. And, we, you know, he, we are joint heirs with Christ. We are on the receiving end of God's holiness, his, his power, his everything. We, are, we receive unconditionally what he gives unconditionally. That's one of the things we are learning how to do is how to receive. And then because we also, in our spirit, we also have his nature, his spirit nature, we are also learning how to give, how to truly give. Because Not because it's our duty or our responsibility or even because we enjoy it, because, but because it's who we are. We give that's because it's our new nature. Now, this ties into part of learning about our soul, how our soul works, how those abilities work. Because receiving from God changes our soul. And giving what God has given us changes our soul. This is all about a solical work, not a spiritual one. In your spirit, it's done. The issue that's going on is in the soul. It's about your mind, will, and emotions. Now, we've talked so much about how our soul doesn't want to change. Your soul, my soul, has never experienced the life of the spirit in its fullness. But your spirit, right now as we're speaking, is pulling your soul to itself. Your spirit, who you truly are, is home to your soul. Your spirit meets the needs of your soul. But in order for that to happen, your soul must be restored, must be healed, must be set free from lies, from misconceptions, from generational curses, from a whole bunch of different things in order to be reunited, rejoined with your spirit. Because, again, your spirit's one with God already. So God puts us in these different situations to teach us whatever his purpose is. He's doing arranging the circumstances While he makes the changes, he is the one restoring your soul. You can't do it. It's like pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps to try to think you can repair your soul. You can't do it. So we let him do his part. And we put our time and energy and effort into our part. We, we grow into being a spirit, soul, and body being, a spiritual being. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in the, your body. Your body is far less significant, which I, I, you know, again, it's so interesting that so much of Christianity focuses on outward behavior, how you act. rather than what's going on in the soul, where your soul's needs have not been met. And it's not for judgment as far as trying to correct, you know. Others can't correct you as far as make you change. They can give you feedback. And this is, you know, one of the big faults of the church is there is this, if you don't shape up your get you're kicked out rather than this going on in your life reveals an, this area that god's trying to get your attention it's always for restoration because god and you are one you and your your spirit and his spirit are one he loves you because that's who he is he gives himself to you because that's who he is and you are in Him and one with Him, so all these processes are for restoration. And and it's not really between you and God because you're already one with Him, but it's between it's restoration between your soul and your spirit, because it's your soul that is wayward. Doing your soul has set up its own throne and is sitting there and trying to run a kingdom. And God being gentle and kind, instead of just kicking your soul off the throne and tearing down the walls and, and running roughshod over, he's patient and kind and is all about restoration. And you and I, we cling to those things that make us feel good. We cling to things that we understand. We cling to things that make sense to our soul, to our temperament, that accommodate our strengths and cover up our weaknesses. And yet God's in the process of restoring your soul to its rightful place with your spirit. So that the spirit, the life of the spirit that's already available right now, right now in your life, 100% of the eternal life is in your spirit right now. That you're not going to get ever more eternal life than you have right now in your spirit. But it's only partially available to your soul. Hopefully it's more available, there's more eternal life in your soul today than there was yesterday. And there was more yesterday than there was the day before, and on and on and on. And a year from now, there's going to be a lot more eternal life in your soul than there is right now, because God is restoring your soul. In the meantime, while he's doing that, we can do our part and learn how our soul works learn about the abilities that God has placed in our soul. Because it's through, those, through learning about those abilities, God reveals truth, he brings healing and restoration, and he brings us into using the power and authority that he's given us. Because again, we go back to you know, my favorite stories about the disciples walking around with Jesus, and Jesus, they had no problem understanding what their power and authority was, even though they didn't use it that much. But, you know, Jesus sent them out two by two, and they came back, you know, amazed that the demons obeyed them. Jesus was teaching them how to use those abilities that were in him in them, and he wants to to do the same. Think about Jesus was not just going around changing things he could have he could have turned over the whole world, he could have changed everything just by thinking it, but instead, he spent his time training. A select few and then teaching a greater portion of people but he trained he showed them he gave them examples and then he showed them how to do it and he taught everyone about the love of God about the nature of God about how the spirit works about how their you know he he corrected their misconceptions about what the messiah was about who god was what the timing was what was going on with with rome he corre- he he addressed their their current situation but then he taught and he trained specifically those he was walking around with and he you know a lot of things that i think it's in john the gospel of john where he talks about there's not enough books to contain everything that Jesus did and said, so this is we're not just talking about the examples of the miracles that we, we all know. Um, when he you know raised Lazarus from the dead, he let him be in the ground, make sure everybody understood that he was fully dead. you know he stinking, you know, don't open that stone, don't roll away that stone. he stinks, he's decaying. But he had a purpose. And, and, you know, we think, oh, it was to show his glory. You know, he wasn't all that concerned about his glory. The Father's not concerned about being glorified. He glorifies himself. He doesn't need our help. All creation glorifies him. He's not, he's not off somewhere in a corner or on the throne going, nobody's glorifying me. You know, what am I going to do? I'm just going to waste away without being glorified. That's not his way. He's, I mean, we, we honor him and we glorify him and we worship him because that's who we are, but he doesn't need it. He doesn't need a particular quantity or quota. He doesn't have a, a glory quota per day or per hour or per, per planet. He's not a needy God. No, Jesus wasn't there doing what he was doing to glorify himself or his father. It was all training. He was training his disciples and giving examples. This is what it looks like. This is how it works. And what was truly amazing was that the people, that mostly mostly men, some women as well, witnessed and saw, and and i think we're even more readily accepting they still dead in their spirit they were not christians they had not experienced salvation they were not they did not have eternal life cuz jesus had not died for their sins yet and he hadn't risen again yet. So he was strictly teaching them about their soul. Because their spirit was still dead. Now you and I have so much more, such a, much, such a greater advantage than they did. Our spirit, your spirit, my spirit, is alive. And we have, we have everything that Jesus wanted to teach us about the Father when he was walking around teaching the disciples, teaching the people, turning the world upside down. We have that within us now in our spirit. So often we fail to understand his true teachings, not about salvation or heaven or and earth, but about the power and authority in our soul the the ability, the authority, how our soul works we are ignorant, and then this extends on to since we are you know we start and And I don't know that there's a particular order. But part of the process of learning about how our soul works, how our abilities work, we start to learn and understand how the supernatural works. We have, you have, the power and authority to command angels, to command demons. And if there's any other critters in the supernatural realm, you have the power and authority to to command them as well well, how come we're not doing it? We're not ready as individuals. Now, there are some that have become ready because they've been trained of God, trained of Jesus, trained of of, in their particular situations. They have responded to each situation they find themselves in as a training opportunity. What do so many Christians do? Is they, we're in a tough spot, we want to get out of it. And we, we, you know, storm heaven with prayers and worship and getting a prayer chain going, whatever, you know, anointing with oil, whatever it takes to get out of that situation. Rather than, okay, Lord, what is it I'm supposed to be learning? Now, we ask that, and what that does is that sets us, in a, an appreciative, a receiving aspect towards God. But then we understand, okay, now, what do I do? God is objective and he's practical. Uh, we, we misunderstand what faith is. We misunderstand what trust is or grace. God is very, very practical He gives us opportunity to try and fail and make mistakes and try again. And he draws us by his goodness. He doesn't push us by fear. He draws us by his goodness. And yet we think that's going to be a temporary thing. So think about what if Jesus rose from the dead? and then ascended, then Paul, you know, Paul came on the scene, you know, Peter was walking around um, having an effect on people, then Paul came on on the earth, you know, Peter's shadow would fall on people and they'd be healed. The power and authority of the Spirit of God at, at the resurrection, that's when Peter was able to receive a new spirit. That life of the spirit then energized and and drew in his soul, Peter's soul. So that is what energized and directed the power and authority that was in his soul, that was already in the soul, his soul. And he'd already received the training that he needed. So he was ready to go. The disciples were ready to go. This is one of the reasons they waited. Because they were waiting for basically direction. For the go, go, do this, okay, now. And it was ascending. And you and I have already inherited that, that opportunity. And the more we can accept the power and authority and learn what God has already given us and made us to be and to do here on this earth, the more we are ready as he restores our soul to just step into and enjoy the process of whatever circumstances he has placed us in. So we've got a ways to go. We want to make sure we understand the the relationship between our spirit and soul and body. And the relationship between Christ, us in Christ and the Father and, and the examples that Jesus was really trying to teach us as we go forward and learn about the power and authority. Because then we also need to, to do some practical, and practical teaching, practical understanding, practical application, but without a firm understanding about the purpose of it. It's not to glorify God. It's to be who God made you to be. That's his purpose. You are his purpose. You are spirit. You have a soul. And you live in a body. So feel free to drop me a line at diane at or through the contact form there or through Blog Talk Radio. It's always good to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be getting back together again same time next week. Until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.